Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Rocky Wang. Rocky, you are the founder and CEO of Timeless Vapes on the web at timelessvapes.com. You also have a clothing and apparel line and brand as well, alwaystimeless.com. Rocky, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. So Rocky, you're in the green rush, my friend. Tell me about how you got into this. And uh, you also happen to be in the state of Arizona, which, you know, again, in terms of opportunity, Arizona is a state that that uh, well, I'll let I'll let you give me the big picture on kind of the positioning that that you've found yourself in and how business is going as a result of that. Well, dude, so I'll just give you a, I'll give you a, try to give you a quick uh, little background um, from day one, I guess. So we started uh, as a as a clothing company, the the, the brand Timeless itself, uh, back in 2010. Um, we were in the, the whole streetwear side of things, doing a lot of uh, screen printed tees, embroidery, embroidered hats, um, cut and sew, things like that uh, during that time, during the, when skate you know, was really big and, the, and that the whole t-shirt brand was really, was really booming back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been a passion is the, the clothing side of things. But part of that culture, you know, cannabis has always been involved with that. Um, so in uh, kind of fast forward to 2012, it, it went medical in, in Arizona um, legally. Um, so we were able to transition into that space, um, fortunately, without winning a license, just by doing a, a licensing deal with uh, uh, an operator who'd won. Um, and if for, for the people that don't know um, the cannabis space, every state and territory has their own rules and regulations. Yeah. Um, so with Arizona, it was literally a Powerball drawing. Um, so people have put their applications within a certain area. They called them a chaw. And that was like the, uh, uh, an area that was identified by a certain radius. Um, so the applicant had to choose one, you know, one chaw to put an application in. So there was about 110 ish, I believe, or 100 ish um, initial licenses. And um, those those initial winners um, had been drawn about 2012. Um, I was fortunate enough to. Uh, meet one of the um, uh, license winners and uh, we worked out a licensing deal. And part of my situation coming from clothing and branding was Mm -hmm. that uh, we wanted to have a label and a brand on a package um, as a consumer package goods, though it wasn't really a big deal back then, I guess, in a sense, they just wanted product. Um, So that was the beginning of us entering the, the cannabis space. Um, and uh, from there, it was still going through the you know a few years of R and D still um, because once you were in, you were kind of in, right? There's only 100 yeah. licenses; they were all vertically integrated licenses. Mm-hmm. So if you were in, you were in. If you're out, it was very difficult to get in. So it allowed smaller companies like myself um, that were startups to be able to have a little runway um, to be able to put out um, you know products that over time would be sustainable. Um, so. Th- in about 2015, 16 is really when we um, identified that vapes was our core product. Um, so we transitioned and really concentrated on that particular product versus 
you know, there's millions of products you can make with the oil base, right? So um, we honed in on that. Uh, we grabbed a huge share in about 16 and seven going into 17. So 17 was a real nice runway for us, uh, found the right technology for our vape cartridges. Um, and then kind of, uh, kind of grabbed a small lead there. Um, and 18, 19, we've, uh, you know, just been able to maintain, um, as well as expand to different States. So we are currently in, uh, we opened up in Oklahoma, um, again, going back to the differences of licenses, that's an unlimited license state. Mm -hmm. So you have like 2000 dispensary licenses open within a three year period. Um, so it's a, it's the wild, wild west over there. 2000 small businesses, bam. Yeah. Just like that. And that was, and I've heard that they've gone, you know, there's a hundred applications that come in monthly and a hundred that close. So it's, it's kind of one of those things, literally the wild, wild west over there. Oh my gosh. Wow. And then we're in uh, California and then we are opening Missouri any day now. So we've been, uh, we've got our approval to operate there now. So just waiting on the biomass to be able to uh, conduct our business. You know, um, so companies like your, I wonder how many are multi-state because I, I don't, I think the folks that I've interviewed so far on this show, usually they just kind of stick to one state, but you've chosen to, you know, get into multiple states. Yes. Uh, for us, uh, being, you know, we didn't really, uh, so the, the way we had it, uh, the way our model was going into it, like I mentioned, uh, we didn't win a license. We didn't have huge pockets during that time. There was no capital markets pouring money in at that time. Um, so we kind of just had to, you know, hustle it out and, uh, we just found a little niche and we just built it organically. And, um, you know, with that though, it was a lot harder, um, cause you know, uh, there was, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of obstacles there. Um, a lot of restrictions, um, but it allowed us to really find that model. And our model is not necessarily owning licenses. It's more about, mm-hmm we concentrate on the marketing and branding of a consumer product is how we look at it. Though you have to have a good product to start um, at the end of the day, when this is all said and done and the dust blows over, it's all about the, we believe it's all about the brands um, and what consumers engage with at the end of the day, whether it's a retail or an actual consumer product good. Yeah. So there were, um, and I don't know if things have changed, right? Because I know that there are some companies that are like, listen, we're selling direct to consumer on our website, vape products. Um, and, and I think folks have heard that the, that the, is it the post, not the post office, right? Who's what, what's the, what's the change in law that happened on that model? So just recently, um, all of the, the, the big carriers have um, it, this fell into the, I believe the e-cigarette um, category, which yeah. happened to affect us as well. Um, but it was all electronic devices to use for uh, nicotine plus um, cannabis products. Um, so we weren't able to, we were never selling the actual pre-filled oils on there. Mm-hmm. We would sell our device battery and um, our accessories, but never any of the THC oil. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how now we lost that little avenue of, you know, the, the revenue of the batteries online, but that was minimal. Yeah. From what I've heard, um, I don't know that that, argument is over because I think what the post office said, we can't enforce that. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. I, didn't, I haven't heard that, but that yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, I kind of hear these things on the outside or, you know, various interviews or whatever. I hear people are in the industry, um, but it's interesting. Um, so, um, so yeah. So in order to purchase Timeless Babes products, again, one of those states, and you just go into local dispensary. Yes. 
Yeah. How do you build relationships with dispensaries? Like, how do they know to carry you? Like, what is that world like? Oh, again, every, every territory is different. There's there's its challenges because um, you're dealing with you know the local uh, the regulations in each state. But um, mm-hmm. you know, again, we've taken. We're not trying to recreate the wheel. It's um, you build that you know that that trust and loyalty with the consumers. And then once you, you know, you have that and you you do the same thing with your, your, your dispensary partners as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I've seen it go through, you know, all different ways of uh, ways of people doing business from, from the beginning till now. And it's definitely matured into more of a more mainstream uh, um, industry, which uh, is nice to see. Um, but again, it's just building those relationships and uh, making sure you deliver on time and provide quality product. Yeah. Um, so is it, um, so it's, I guess it's kind of a, a little bit of a chicken and egg thing, right? So you want to build up overall consumer demand so that when they go into a distillery, they're like, hey, can I get Timeless Vaped here? You want that, obviously. Right. Uh, what's, I mean, do, do, if you don't have that consumer demand, is it hard to go to a dispensary and and get them to give you the time and give you the shelf space? Yes. Uh, to, to perfect example is California. I've been, uh, been trying to, we've been trying to get it in and out of California for about three or four years now, up until beginning of last year. So up, up until that point, it's been like, there was three or three or four years trying to get into California. Um, and it was very difficult um, because there were brands that were from California, the ever-changing rules within each county mm-hmm. and, and, and town within California. Because my, pers- my personal view on California is one of the most challenging cannabis markets right now, though it is the lar- will be one of the largest, if not the largest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just part of the game. Um, I think that uh, the, that one was a big challenge. We had to um, just stay persistent, um, do things offsite, um, like we did in Arizona with the consumers to help drive consumers to, you know, ask for our product in there. And then over time and consistency, um, it was able to, uh, finally come to fruition in the beginning of last year to really get a good, our feet under ourselves. For someone who's designing or, you know, developing and, and creating cannabis products, like what do you do to differentiate yourself from all the other stuff that might be on the shelf? Um, so for us, uh, in the beginning with the, with the vape products, I, I believe we were one of the few first few and probably in the whole space. Um, I, I'm not saying we were the first ever, but mm-hmm. in 2012 or so we started, um, experimenting with vape cartridges. So with e-cigarette cartridges that we were emptying them out, adding the cannabis oil back in. Um, so that one was just being one of the first, uh, I think, to the market with that and then sticking with it until the technology was able to catch up with the consistency of the cannabis oil. Yeah. Um, but with, uh, the, uh, I'll give you an example of a new product that we released. Um, it's actually in the, the pre-roll, pre-roll category. It's um, we prior to right before COVID hit and uh, we had uh, the, we had come up with a product. Again, we don't try to reinvent the wheel necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, we took uh, a pre-roll and we, we, we put it into a quarter size joint and into a 12 pack. So for us, we, we, we looked at a, a pre, a traditional pre-roll, whether it was like a one gram or half gram joint. And from a, a mainstream audience, our thought was that that's too much for an individual to smoke a joint in one sitting, right? Um, even heavy smokers, <laughs> a, a one gram joint is pretty large, right? Yeah. Though there are a lot of pe- consumers that do, 
we thought that overall as, you know, a, a soccer mom or, you know, just your average Joe trying, trying wants to try weed or yeah. cannabis, you know, it's a little intimidating. So we cut it to a quarter and if yeah. you need another one, you can smoke another one. It came in, it's come to the 12 pack. Um, so we kind of took it that and marketed it that way. And then COVID hit and then it made it even more sense because nobody wants to share a joint anyways. Um, <laughs> well, so. Right. How funny, you know, it's like a Virginia slim, right? For right. A- <laughs> Yeah, it's a little shorter one as, as opposed to long and skinny, but the concept is the same, yes. That's, I, I mean, again, I'm not, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time in this world. So, you know, this is all very novel and ex- that's, that's brilliant. A single, you know, single use, you know, yep. all I really want is like a few hits or something like that. And that's all enough. And then, cause otherwise it's like, ugh. then what you got to do is so, you, you know, yeah, it's just funny. So, you, you know, you take what you want and then like, okay, well then I guess I got to ash this all out. Oh shoot. Look at all that stuff. I just wasted yep. right there. I and like then you relight that. it and then you relight it and it tastes not that good anymore. That's so right. Dealing with that. So that's, that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Do the, um, and again, I'm an, I'm a total novice on this probably coming across loud and clear for experienced cannabis consumers. Um, do is for, for cannabis products, it's like, you don't have, nobody bothers with filters, right? That's not really a necessary or what? Um, they've, they've, uh, they've evolved to having some type of filters in there. I, I've seen some with actual cigarette filter type uh-huh. um, uh, butts in it, but um, generally it's like a, a, a woven a circular woven paper um, that kind of, uh, oh, yeah. catches, but it's, it's not, I, I've, I haven't seen too many with the actual filter, like a cigarette filter, but I have seen it. It's not as often. For someone that wants to get into the cannabis industry today, let's say, for example, let's say Florida, you know, yeah. there's all of a sudden there's talk, they're going to put it on the ballot and they, they're going to, they're, or they're going to put it to, because if they put it to a referendum, it would pass. Like in, in my state, yeah. I, I've heard that, you know, many times. Um, let's say they eventually do that. You know, someone's in the state of Florida and they're like, over the next couple of years, it's going to, recreation is going to happen for us. Yeah. Um, what would, like, what would you recommend to that person? Today, so the well, definitely follow the 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 follow the tracks of how the how the 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 licenses are laid out. Again, the rules and regulations. Currently in Florida, it's I believe there's fifteen or twenty licenses. I believe, and those are vertically integrated licenses as well. Um, so, but there's no wholesale. So mm-hmm. you cannot wholesale your product. So whatever you can grow or produce has to be uh, go through your channel, your dispensaries. But um, there is no cap on how many dispensaries you can open under one license. Wow. Um, so I believe Truly is the the largest. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They have like seventy percent of the market, or something <laughs> like that, or sixty percent, uh, uh, something crazy. Um, but you can't get in there unless you go under one of those fifteen or twenty licenses that are available. There might be a little more, but it's right around there. Um, and there's no wholesale. So if you want to come in with a new product, you have to partner with one of the big boys there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man, it is the wild west. Um, so obviously when we're talking about, you know, we talked about the, either the gold rush or the green rush, um, you know, there are the people that go and they're going to mine gold, uh, very directly in the market. And then there is the dungarees and pickaxes, right? There's, there's all of 
these side industries or, or service providers that open up if you can speak the language and you know what the needs are. What do you, do you see any needs, uh, you know, in in various states as they open up? Well, b- banking is the number one thing. I think um, that that having that resource is. Um, that will always be a challenge until they do um, open up the Safe Banking Act, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think it's, I think it's, you know, cross our fingers. I hope it's coming soon. Um, you know, I, I think that's uh, a necessity, like immediately. Um, but if we're talking about, you know, the picks and shovels, you know, I've seen over time because we specialize, we used to specialize in um, the extraction part uh, more yeah. so than cultivation. So we never did cultivation. We were all only doing extractions for the uh, to process oils. Um, so I've seen those things, uh, those, those machines come a long way. Um, you know, when we first started doing it, we were just doing it by, you know, hand and it was literally cans of, 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 uh, solvents and whatnot. And it was, you know, that's how we started, but now you have these automated machines that can, you can literally put the product in and then have it finished product out, you know? So, um, the scale, the, the industrial size scale of the production, um, is, has been really, uh, has really grown the last few years, as well as, you know, just the packaging equipments and stuff like that. Those, those have, have really evolved the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, in your work now and kind of, you know, the position that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that your brand, so timeless vapes, like, are there like at this point, like, where do you go? What do you, what do you do? Like, how do you grow market share? Is it, and, and if that's like based on relationships, you know, who, who is it that you want to know more of? Uh, the, the, for us, um, we feel like we really can, can authentically engage with our demographic and our consumer culture. Right. Right. Um, so for instance, uh, we did an event and, uh, we like to take, so we have, we have our, our pillars, right. Our company internal, like our timeless pillars, it's culture, legacy, and community, um, culture involves, you know, local music, fashion, lifestyle, uh, culinary, dance, sport. Legacy is um, uh, more about the legacy of the community um, and telling a story about that. So we actually have, uh, we do a lot of collaborations with artists and local, um, you know, uh, uh, figures within each community. So uh, we've been doing it for years in Arizona. We just did one where we partnered with, uh, in L.A., um, with a local restaurant group um, called Guisados as uh, and uh, George's Burger Stand, um, they those owners were originally from LA. We did a a classic Porsche car show with them. Um, so we started um, and we involved the four local um, local businesses that were affected by COVID last year uh, within this project, and we were able to raise some money for them mm-hmm. as well as put on a, a you know a COVID friendly. Um, uh, environment where there was about 60, 70 cars, I believe that came out, um, classic Porsches. And uh, we spent a day out in a parking lot outside at both locations of the restaurant. Um, And there was hundreds of people there um, that it was able to engage with a local community and give back. Mm. Um, That's kind of how we approach things. Um, So, you know, we did a lot of, uh, you know, we did some hats, some shirts, some masks, um, collaborative uh, artwork on it. Uh, as well as a collaborative uh, battery artwork on our um, our pen device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do things like that to in each market that uh, that hone in on that specific market. 
Yeah. So, you know, my kind of my takeaway here of our conversation is, you know, again, with, um, you know, Timeless Vapes, I mean, you're definitely honing in on the life, like lifestyle, right? Lifestyle, um, you know, the community around that, that's the path forward in a noisy, crowded space is to win the hearts based on the, the culture that they identify with. And also, you know, that, that, you know, today's cannabis culture is not the drug culture of, you know, decades ago, you know, that this is very much, you know, it's, it's, you know, what I can see what you're doing, like on your website, it's just, it's association with, you know, with skating and with, you know, with just, you know, the things that, you know, uh, someone in their, you know, twenties might be doing, you know, and, you know, the, the having fun with friends and hanging out with friends and that sort of thing. And that's the imagery, not specs, product specs, right? Because I think product, if your brand is based on product specs, like it's important to have the, you know, like, for example, like you got, it's got to be a clean product and that sort of thing. But if, if all you're leading with is product specs and pricing, it's a race to the bottom. You know, in a, in a market that gets continually more and more crowded. Yeah. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that brand. So it's yeah, very, so very it, smart. You're, you're savvy. I can tell you've been doing this a while. <laughs> well, thank you, Josh. You nailed it right on the head. It's a, it's, it's a commodity right now. So now how do you set differentiate differentiate yourself going forward? So you said it perfectly. Brilliant. All right, Rocky Wang. Thank you so much. Again, the website, timelessvapes.com, which of course, you, you can't buy the, you got to go to the store. You got to go and, uh, you know, buy the products in the distillers in the States that they're available. Um, but uh, you also do have um, lots of other, you know, again, clothing and other lifestyle products that are, um, you know, kind of, again, part of that whole timeless vibe. So Rocky, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.